impacted through us, Father, to your people of Haiti. Now, Father, I ask that you speak to me and through me. Let me deliver the message that you have for your people. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that last picture y'all saw of the dog, that's the family dog. That's a great Dane. He's, you should have, Sister Pickett, no, you heard that. Every time he, Sister Pickett, Sister Miller, and even some of the guys, every time that dog he come by, you ought to just saw how they would just squirm. He, I think he's, he sleeps in the bed with uh, Ken, and, um, and, 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 and um, he also um, just does everything. And it, if, you, if you notice, there's a table there. He was so big that he just come up and lay his head on the table where we were eating. That's how big the dog was. So Andrea and Ken, that's, their, that's one of their children. So we got used to it, amen. First, giving honor to God, Pastor Pickett, my brothers of the gospel, deacons, leaders, and Good Hope member, family, and friends. Um, I also like to acknowledge uh, you know, our, our Haiti team that's that's here, uh, Pastor Sister Pickett, myself, and uh, the Argos. Um, just want to t really, really acknowledge them and thank them for just such a great job to and from. Amen. As we move through this Haiti program, I thought it relevant that I at least define mission trip because we've talked so much about mission trips. You see, sometimes people get mission uh, trip and missionaries confused. So I just want to make sure I clarify that. You see, a mission trip is a trip where a bunch of people go for a specific mission. Biblically, although you will not find the word missionary or missions in the Bible, Biblically, it is about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have not heard him. Now, that can and is done through the outreach of providing some of the basic necessities of life. You see, Jesus healed the sick and he fed the hungry as part of his ministering to the multitudes. Missionaries are called by God to go to places or go to a country where God is sending them to tell those who do not know him about him. Mother Teresa was a missionary. Ken and Andrea are missionaries. Our missionaries in Africa are missionaries with a specific calling from God to pick up, pack up, and praise up the word of God to those who are lost. We support missionaries through our donations, and when we are on mission trips, we support missionaries physically we were giving a specific task by God to go to Haiti for a specific purpose but the core of any mission trip is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the least and to the lost so as I as I look for a message that would be fitting for the occasion I found myself examining various scriptures and their relevance to missions but you know what? As I continued my research and my readings, I kept coming back to Jesus and the work he did when he was here on earth. You see, Jesus left us with a blueprint on just what he expected and expects us to do as Christians. You see, I, I know he was speaking to the disciples when he gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. He told them to go out and make disciples and get this of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he said, and surely I will, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is what Jesus gave to the disciples before he ascended to heaven. Now, this command is meant for the disciples and those who follow them to do in Jesus' absence. So the mission field is set in motion in the New Testament through Jesus' command to go. The thing I love and appreciate the most about Jesus is that he is not going to command us to do something that he is not willing to do himself. Amen. So my topic for today's sermon is resume of a missionary Messiah on a mission for mankind. Let me let me say that again. I know that's a mouthful. Resume of a missionary Messiah on a mission for mankind. Amen. You see, Luke 4, 17 through 21 provides us with a look inside of Jesus and his missionary work. Now, one, one, before we get into the scriptures, one of the questions I often hear, heard, or have been asked is why do we go over there when we have hurting people over here? Uh, come on now, we know we heard it out Side the church and sometimes in the church. So, so, but you know what? I don't take it as a confrontational or condescending question. I take it as a need for understanding and an opportunity to help put things in perspective. So, my response is normally this I go where God has called me to go, and I do what God has called me to do. You see, I, I, I go on to explain that it's not about me or where I want to go or where people think I should go. It is where God has instructed me to go. You, you, you see, I don't want to get it twisted and go where men or women or the man in me wants to go, and it is not the place where God has called me to go. You, you, you see, my brothers and sisters, too many times in our life we go where the flesh tells us to go instead of going where the Holy Spirit is leading us to go. And we know how that story ends. Uh, let, let me say that again, uh, just in case somebody missed it. Too many times in our life, we go where the flesh tells us to go instead of going where the Holy Spirit is leading us to go. And we know how that story ends. Amen, somebody. So I always wait to hear from God before I make any rash decisions about where to go or what to do. Amen. Uh, that's a practice. If you're not practicing that, that's a practice that you may want to take uh, up instead of uh, um, wait, uh, uh, going where the flesh, you need to wait on God. Amen. Because I know when God is in the mix and we're following him, this is what happened. Gang members back down. Custom agents back off and the devil backs up. Amen, somebody. Let me say that again. I always wait to hear from God before I make any rash decisions about where to go or what to do because I know when God is in the mix and we are following him, gang members back down, custom agents back off, and the devil backs up. Amen. 
You see, when you're in the will of God, no weapons formed against you will prosper. Isaiah 15, 17. When you're in the will of God, your enemy becomes your footstool. Luke 20, 43. When you're in the will of God, your darkness turns into light. Psalms 18 and 28. You see, my brothers and sisters, when you're walking in the will of God, your steps are ordered. Psalms 119 and 33. So as long as I have breath, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay with and stay in. His will be done and not my will be done. Amen. Somebody. Uh, so it's important that we seek God and only God for the direction to our destination. Let me say that again. So it's important that we seek God and only God for the direction to our destination. Uh, uh, we don't want to make the wrong turn and end up on Hell Street, headed toward Hell's Highway, and end up at Hell's Gate. We have to stay in the will of God and the way of God. Let me just say that one more time. We don't want to make the wrong turn and end up on Hell Street, headed toward Hell's Highway, and end up at Hell's Gate. We have to stay in the will and the way of God. So, 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 so I need you to understand it's never about where Dr. Stevens, Brother Stevens, Pastor Stevens, Kenny wants to go, but it's always where the Holy Spirit leads me to go. Amen, somebody. You know, I don't know about you, but I know that God has never taken me on a journey that he has not already paid the way. Amen. Now, now I'm going to uh, now, 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 now I'm not saying that it, it has not been some uh, uh, it has not always been a straight line. But what I'm saying is that God prepared me for the race. Amen. The obstacles, the mountains, the valley and the storm. So for me and my house, we will continue to serve the Lord through prayer and through patience. Amen, somebody. We go where the Holy Spirit instructs us to go. The Holy Spirit led us to Haiti, so in less than three months, good hope, we packed up, picked up, and prayed up Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Amen, somebody. Listen, listen, during our mission trip in Haiti, everything we, every time, every evening, we would sit down and give one word that described our day. On Monday, we described our arrival as blessed, memories, thankful, and humble. On Tuesday, after feeding 450 children and sharing the gospel, Sister Pickett and Sister Miller, we used words such as amazing, um, ashamed, moved, and open. On Wednesday, when we touched over 2,000 men, women, and children and were confronted by four gang members, our words were overwhelming, need, grateful, courage, and smiles. And then on our final day, Thursday, after visiting an orphanage of 45 children, some of them earthquake victims, and after providing medical service at the mission clinic, we used words such as anxious, growth, trust, and change. You see, you can't come in contact with God and be the same. Uh, 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 our trip to Haiti was just a small peek into the world in a world of battle, bruised, and beaten down people where, where greed overtook need. You see, God had a purpose for us to travel from little old Gordonville, Florida to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. My brothers and sisters, because in the midst of all that we saw, we saw the hand of God. Amen. Uh, we saw the work of Christ. We saw a people 
who was hungry not, not only for the physical food, but the spiritual feeding of the mind, body, and soul. You see, God wanted us to experience it for ourselves. But more importantly, he wanted to experience it for ourselves in order to go and tell others not about what we had seen, but more important about what God is doing in Haiti. Amen. Uh, 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 it took us a minute when we got there to regroup and regain our composure to the conditions. You see, if we had continued to dwell on the negative of the country, we would have missed the positive work of Christ's command being carried out in Haiti. Amen. You see, it's easy to miss it if we allowed ourselves to get caught up in the negative and not praise God for the positive. Amen. Do you know uh, that a large multitude of of passengers returning with us from Haiti were there to do mission work. Nobody but God could put that together. There was a team of 35 young people, young school kids on spring break. They're spreading the good gospel of Jesus Christ to the people of Haiti. Amen. So you see, mission work, mission trip, and missionaries all have one common bowl. They are all part of an action to do something, amen, for others out of love. It is the same principle that God used out of love for us when he sent his number one missionary on a mission trip designated specifically for him. You see, no one else could, no one else could do it. So I believe if you allow me in my 21st century mind that God looked at who was in heaven with him. And as he looked around heaven, he saw that as much as they may have wanted to go, the angels could not go. So he looked over at Jesus, and I believe even before he could ask the question of will you go, Jesus said, send me. You see, you see so God the Father, out of love for us, gave Jesus his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. So you see, Jesus' missionary task was to save the lost. It all started with God's love for mankind, amen? That is where we have to be. Let, let, let's take a look at John 3.16 and let me work my way to the mission field. You see, God saw a need and, and, and he saw that need and he had a choice to start things all over again or send an interceptor to come and intercede on his on behalf of the least and the lost. So, so my brothers and sisters, as I sought God for the message, like I said, I kept coming back to Jesus. You see, Jesus, the Messiah, was a missionary on a mission to save the lost and to reconnect the disconnected. Jesus shows us and tells us what mission work and missionary is all about. In a nutshell, it's all about L-O- V-E, amen? There's no way to be a missionary or go on a mission for God if there's no love. Uh, Jesus showed that love throughout his time here on earth. Let's just take a glimpse into the love of a missionary Messiah on a mission for God, amen? Uh, here we go. Luke provides us with an overview or a summary, like I said, of Jesus' ministry, Jesus' mission, and Jesus the missionary. When Luke gets uh, to chapter uh, 4, verse 17, we see uh, that uh, Jesus, while in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, rose to read and was handed a scroll, as they normally do, of the Old Testament scripture. You see, the, the attendant uh, handed Jesus the scroll, which Isaiah prophecy was written. And uh, Jesus unrolled the scroll and began to read it. Now, I need you to 
get this now. It was Isaiah 61. Did you get that? Jesus in the New Testament uh, reading, uh, in the New Testament reading went back to the Old Testament to read what the prophet Isaiah had prophetically spoke for the Messiah. And now in Luke 4.18, we find that he is speaking for himself. You see, Luke spoke for him in the Old Testament, but now you have Jesus in the New Testament of Luke speaking what was already prophetically spoken for back in the Old Testament. Amen, somebody. Uh, we, uh, I, I, I tell you, I tell you, we find that Jesus is speaking for himself what uh, was already prophetically spoken in the Old Testament of Isaiah. I'm, uh, it's getting ready to come together right now. We have to be careful because Satan is also on the mission field. Amen. Uh, uh, I don't want to leave here and have you miss that. You see, Satan is also on the mission field and posing as missionaries. Uh, I recall Andrea, uh, uh, the missionary over there, telling me that there are several orphanages in Haiti that are nothing more than human sex trafficking homes for children. So we have to be mindful who we team up with. It's important that we be prayerful. It's important that we be patient. And it's important that we are particular about who we partner with and where we send our support. Amen, somebody. So, so, so what does Jesus' missionary resume look like? What does Jesus' missionary resume look like? Luke provides us with a peek into a into Jesus' resume as a Messiah. Jesus' resume gives us a blueprint of what to look for in missionaries' resumes on the mission field for the Messiah. So let's just take a quick look, and I'll be through. Jesus' resume looked like this. In verse 18 of Luke, Jesus' missionary resume tells us that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He is saying that the Holy Spirit is upon him and that he has been called to do a specific mission. I want to highlight six mission tasks that Jesus had been anointed to do. The, the, the task gives us a good look into the Messiah's uh, missionary mission. First, uh, he was anointed with the task to preach the gospel to the poor. Uh, did you get that? He was anointed uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. We have to be careful not to miss or mess up the intent of the mission, okay, and don't get sidetracked or get it twisted. So not only was Jesus focusing on the physical need, but also on the spiritual needs of the poor. You know, they were both poor physically, but more so spiritually in need uh, for spiritual food as well as the physical food. Look, look at the multitudes Jesus fed. The scripture says that he fed 5,000 in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. He first fed them with the word, and then they became hungry physically, so he fed them with two fish and five loaves of bread. Good hope. Good hope. You sent $1,000 over to the Mercy of Missions Ministry to buy food to feed the physical poor, and we brought the word of God to take to the spiritual poor. Amen. Uh, uh, pastor class with the men, Sister Pickett class with the women, and Sister Miller, Sister Miller and Sister Pickett's class with the children took care of the spiritual need. Amen. Second, Jesus was anointed to heal the brokenhearted, the sorrow. Jesus came to heal or restore the brokenhearted. That is, people with deep emotional pain and distress. Jesus says in John 16, 22, therefore, you too have grief now. 
but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. Let me say that again. He says this in John 16, 22, therefore you too have grief now, but I will see you again. You know, when Jesus makes a promise, he keeps his promise. He said, and I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. So there is going to be some sorrow. There is going to be some death. There is going to be some disappointment, heartache, and pain. But you just hold on, Haiti. You just hold on, good hope. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Psalms 30 and 5. You see, Jesus is speaking in Luke, and he's saying that help has arrived. You see, back in uh, you, you, you see back in Isaiah, Isaiah spoke it, but you have the Messiah who's saying it. Amen. He says, help has arrived. We looked into the eyes of the people and we saw the sorrow. We spoke with the pastor of the orphanage who said that sometimes he just wants to quit but can't. God sent us to meet up with the pastor to offer what God had given us, and that is hope to keep on trusting the Lord, for he is not forgotten. Amen. His promise to never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Third, Jesus was anointed to proclaim the liberty to the captive. Jesus was anointed to proclaim liberty to the captive. Here Jesus is talking about those who are physically and spiritually in bondage. The term liberty in Greek can be translated to mean release or forgiveness. You see, Jesus came so that we could be forgiven. Now, aren't you glad that he came? You say, Jesus, I got to say that. Jesus came so that we can be for uh, forgiven. Amen, somebody. That's the purpose of the cross, in case you just missed that. He didn't come to go to war physically, but spiritually for those who are held captive physically by those who seek to oppress them and spiritually by their sins. You see, he had to release that thing, so he had to come on down. You see, Jesus' mission was to break the bondage of corruption, the spiritual bondage of voodoo and the physical bondage of oppression. Amen, somebody. Good Hope took the word of God to a country shrouded in voodoo and witchcraft, delivering the original message of the Messiah that Jesus came to deliver salvation by going to the cross. That's the message there. So, 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 so forth, uh, Jesus was anointed to bring recovery to the blind. Here Jesus is talking about both the physical blindness, Matthew 9, 27, 31, and the spiritual blindness of Christians. Yeah, yeah, there's some Christians who are spiritually blind. And in case you want substance for it, go to Revelations 3 and 17, because I know some of y'all think Christians can't become blinded, but read Revelations 3 and 17, and then non-Christians, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. You see, we saw both the physical blindness. I, uh, when we were at the clinic there, a guy on a motorcycle brought a blind man to the clinic, and once he received what he came for, the motorcyclist took him away. But we also experienced the, phys- the spiritual blindness of a people waiting for the word of God to, to be delivered to them so their eyes would be open to the power, to the presence and to the promise of God. Amen, somebody. Fifth, Jesus was anointed to set a liberty to those who are oppressed. Here Jesus is referring to people who have been taken advantage of. We know how that happens. The widows and the orphans. orphans. We saw the oppressed in Haiti, a country that received $13 billion 
according to a 2015 article, but the oppressed still have nothing to show for it. Orphanage, orphanages are operating on a day-to-day -day scramble to survive. Homeless populations struggle to eat day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute. Amen. Six and final, Jesus was anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I need you to get this right here because we ought to be hallelujah. Here Jesus is saying that this is a new day. Finally, in Luke 4:19, Jesus' ministry was one which he proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. This is, first of all, a reference to the Jewish year of Jubilee. Amen. It was a year when all debts were forgiven. All land was returned to its original owners. Everybody, I like this, everybody got a brand new start. Let me say that again. Everybody got a brand new start a fresh beginning, and that is what we want. That is what we get in Jesus Christ. He makes everything new. We are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. We are a new creation in Christ. Let me say that again just in case you don't understand it. We are a new creation in Christ. The old you has gone. Amen. The new has come. The old is washed away. The new is Put on. This is why Paul tells us to forget the past and press on toward the future. In Christ, we have no past. Did you get that? In Christ, we have no past. Amen. Mistakes and bad decisions. Everything is brand new. He is saying that I am here and an answer to all the ills of the world. Amen. You see, the mission of the missionary Messiah was to come and intercede on behalf of the broken and sinful world. Jesus brought hope to the hopeless in Haiti. Jesus brought help to the helpless in Haiti. Jesus brought healing to the hurting in Haiti, and he changed the heart of the heartless. Uh, uh, there is a mission work to be done. Will you go? The question I'm asking is, not you, then who? Uh, I, 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 I liken it to Isaiah 6 and 8. It says, Isaiah provides us with a good prophetic willing to, a prophet willing to go where God has called him to go. This is how verse 8 says it. He says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Uh, he said, uh, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Uh, then he said, uh, this is what he said. He said, here I am, send me. He said, here I am, send me. Uh, 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 see, Good Hope stepped up and said, here we are, Lord, send us. Uh, uh, order our steps, and we uh, uh, ask God to order our steps. The songwriter penned it this way, said, order our steps in your word, dear Lord. He said, uh, lead me and guide me every day. If you're not asking God to order and lead and guide you every day, you need to get on this mission trip. Uh, he said, send your anointing. Father, I pray. And then he had to lower himself a little bit to say, humbly, I ask you, teach me thy will. While you are working, 
Oh, he said, listen, listen, he said, while you are working, I will keep still. He don't need you to be moving. Sometimes he just wants us to sit still and let God do what God does. Amen. Uh, he said, Satan is busy, but check this out, Pastor. God is real. Amen, somebody. Uh-huh. And then he said, right on my tongue, let my words edify. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. And then he goes, he says, take charge of my thoughts both day and at night. Because uh, we know sometimes at night, them thoughts can run a little rapid. Amen, somebody. Then he comes back and says, order myself. Aren't you glad that Jesus' steps was ordered by God? Amen. Aren't you glad, uh, the Father, that he came willingly to earth in the form of man to pay the debt of a sinless society? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus said that not my will, but Thy will uh, be done. I'm glad that Jesus, Mary's baby, Emmanuel, well, Alpha and Omega, walked up Golgotha's hill, carrying an old rugged cross for an undeserving sinner like me. Uh, Luke said it in 23, 46, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit, and he breathed his last breath. But we know that's not how that story ends. He said three days later, he rose again. Amen, somebody. If not you, then who? Amen. 